You are listening to the Paranormal Chronicles radio show. Here is your host, paranormal researcher and author of the best-selling A Most Haunted House, Gavin Lee Davis. I'm just a man from Pembrokeshire, West Wales, looking for answers. I've seen and experienced many strange things. I'm bipolar and I'm just trying to make sense of my world. I've written best-selling books about the paranormal that have been read by tens of thousands around the world. And I've spoken to hundreds of people, all having shared similar supernatural experiences. What is the truth? Join me, GL Davis, as I journey into the unknown. Thank you for joining me on my investigation into the strange and the uncanny. This series is brought to you by sick-books.com. Pop over to sick-books.com and uncover an amazing world of paranormal reading and research. Thank you to everyone who's emailed me asking if I was okay and when would I be releasing a new batch of content. Well, here it is. Thank you so much for the love. It's good to be back and my love to you all at this time. Also, a huge thank you to the support for my Pembrokeshire-based true account that is Harvest, the true story of alien abduction. A phenomenal response with over 1,000 emails and messages from people having experienced similar frightening ordeals. I just want to ask, what's going on? Harvest has really got people talking. So, join the investigation and read Harvest, the true story of alien abduction today from wherever books are sold and then get in touch. I want to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe and follow the Paranormal Chronicles podcast so you never miss a thing and explore the amazing archive. I am so proud of the rich content from some of the world's top researchers, experiences and my own on-location Pembrokeshire reports. Dig deep and journey into the unknown. Tonight is an incredible taster of an upcoming epic two-hour interview to follow as Pembrokeshire goes Hollywood and I speak to an Emmy award-winning director on his UFO, paranormal, near-death experiences and African adventures into the unknown. This man is the real Indiana Jones on tonight's show. What was the mysterious object hovering above a mine in Canada? What did many eyewitnesses see and what did Emmy award-winning Lionel Friedberg film? What happened to this compelling film footage and what was seen that strange day? Lionel Friedberg is a director and Emmy award-winning film and TV producer and writer. Lionel grew up in South Africa and began his career at the first TV station in Central Africa. Lionel has worked as a director and produced and directed for National Geographic, PBS and national broadcast and cable networks including the Discovery Channel, A&E and the History Channel. You may know Lionel from such shows as Mysteries of the Bible, History's Mysteries and House of the Living Dead. Lionel is also a New York Times best-selling author. He is based in Los Angeles, California, and his new book is his superb memoir of his incredible life, Forever in My Veins. Read Forever in My Veins today from o-books.com or from wherever books are sold. Link in the description. Forever in My Veins is an incredible read which will take you on many adventures. Many of the paranormal kind. Forever in my veins is highly recommended. This is part one of a two hour epic interview 
soon to follow. So make sure you follow and subscribe on with the show. I was working on a documentary on the history of housing in Canada, how housing and small settlements developed all over Canada. And we were working in the province of, of Saskatchewan and it was a small crew um, and we were staying in a motel because we had to go and photograph uh, a sequence at a potash mine. And, and, and Saskatchewan is a very, very flat province. You know, it, there's corn growing there and, and so on, but it's, it's flat as a draft board. Um, but this potash plant was in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Saskatchewan, and there was a little town, I don't know, about 30, 40 miles away, and we stayed at the only motel there uh, for preparing ourselves for the visit to this potash plant. Why did we go to the potash plant? Well, because that was the reason why this, this town, the, a town was developing in that area, and, and, and how and why communities, communities gather and, and spread, as because you know, workers for this potash plant. Uh, as would happen, you know, around a gold mine or a, an oil well. And um, potash is a, is a white substance that comes out of the ground. They use it for fertilizer. And uh, in the morning, we were driving to the, to the, to the, to the plant. It was an absolutely crystal clear day. And we could see way, way ahead in the distance, about 40 miles away, this, this column of white dust-like smoke coming from the potash plant and a cloud above it. Now, obviously, this was coming from the, the mining that, that, that they were doing. And eventually, we, we arrived at the plant at the main gate. And uh, the guy, uh, the guard at the gate said, you guys get, better get down there as quickly as you can, because there's something sitting up there in that cloud of white dust up there. And we said, what, like what? And he said, we don't know. But up in that cloud of, 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 of white stuff up there, there's something inside there. We drove down to the plant and, um, I, you know, I said to the director, I said, look, I set up the camera and I put on a long lens and see if I can see anything in there. Yeah, sure. He said, you, you go ahead and do that while I go and talk to the, to, the, to the mine manager and plan the day's shooting. I set up the camera in the parking lot uh, and um, put on a long lens. I don't remember exactly what focal length it was, probably 300 millimeters or 600 millimeters, something like that, more likely 300 millimeters. And... Um, trained it on that, on that white cloud that was sitting above the potash plant. And then about 20 minutes later, there was a slight breeze came up and this, 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 this cloud cleared very, very briefly. And in the cloud was a glint, a hint, a, a kickback of something metallic. And uh, there was um, uh, two members of the, of, the, of, of, of the company were standing around with me smoking. And they said, yeah, yeah, there it is, there it is. Do you see it? Do you see it? And I turned on the camera and ran some film and the breeze came along again, and there was this object as clear as bell, the circular disc-like object with a, with a, a tripod-like uh, uh, structure underneath it with a triangle uh, connected to this tripod. In other words, think of, a, think of a, a, a triangle and then three prongs connecting it to the disc above it, all very metallic, no windows, no nothing, but like, like silver, silvery color, like metal like a silver coin, uh, aluminum of, of, an, of an airplane fuselage. And uh, I ran film. Now, it, it, people have often said to me, well, how big was it? Uh, that was before the days of the, of the 747 jumbo jet, but it, it was the equivalent of what, what eventually became the 747. It was that, it was that big. Yeah. And I ran about maybe 150 feet of film on it, and eventually the, 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 the breeze left and the cloud thickened up again and was hidden. 
And we got on with the business of filming at the plant, uh, but I never stopped looking up at that cloud, and neither did anyone else. But I separated the film, that 150 film, I, 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 I did, uh, took it out of the magazine, canned it up separately, because remember, this is the days of film, not videotape. You had to have it processed before you could see anything and get it into a can, you know, store it away and then send it back to Montreal for processing. I used to send all our film back every night by going to the local railroad depot and send it back on the train all the way across the whole of Canada to Montreal. Uh, to go and get processed at the lab at the National Film Board, and I made a note on the on the on the, every 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 can of film you send back, you usually send a, a list of what you shot on it, which you tape to the can and you send it back, and you tell the the lab, you know, send that to the editor and let the editor put it on the shelf until the director gets back, so that we know what's on each roll. And on this particular roll, I said unknown um, uh, material hold for our arrival, uh, which I did, and I sent it back that night. And some weeks later, we eventually ended up back in Montreal. And now it's time to look at uh, the rushes or the dailies, as we call it here, um, the film that we had shot. And, you know, we went into the theater and looked, sat for a number of hours through a lot of very boring material of housing settlements and, you know, little small towns and whatever else. And at the end of it all, uh, the, the projectionist in the projection room said, do you want me to show this other reel that you sent here that says unknown material on it? And of course, you know, we said, yeah, yeah, we forgot, put it on. And he put it on the projector and ran it. And there it is. There is this object sitting in the cloud, this, this, this aerial, whatever it was. The, I think the term today is UAP, unidentified yeah. aerial phenomena, and not necessarily UFOs anymore. But anyway, uh, um, those days, we would have called it a UFO. So we looked at this and the director said to me, what the hell was that? And I said, I have absolutely no no idea. And he said to the uh, to the editor, um, maybe we should send that uh, down to the States. They're, they're, they're to, they have an organization down there, I think in, in, in Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, that's doing research into this kind of stuff. It was called Project Blue Book. Uh, that's, yeah. He didn't call it by that name. But we did. Now, here is the problem. We were filming on what is known as reversal film and not on negative film. There's a big difference between the two. Reversal film, negative film, when you, when you photograph it, you get a negative image, and then from that you make your positive and you make your prints. Reversal film is what we used to use for photographing Kodachrome slides. In other words, the film that you use in the camera is the one that, you, that, that, that comes out positive, not negative. So you, the film that you use in the camera, you make a slide of that and you can project that. So it was reversal film. It had a positive image. So it, need, it didn't need a print. It was the original camera, negative, original material from the camera. We should have made a copy. We didn't. We sent it to Project Blue Book. Frankie Johnson was the name of the, the secretary of the camera department. I shall never forget her name. She sent it by the courier service down to the States, and uh, no one thought about it for another, you know, three or four weeks. And one day I went into the camera department, and I said to her, Frankie, did we ever hear back from those guys uh, in, 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 in Ohio uh, about that film that you sent them? And she said, oh, no, um, um, what's the time in Ohio? She said, oh, I can call them up now. So... She called them um, on the phone and they denied ever receiving the film, even though we received from them, they had signed the paper acknowledging receipt of the film. But what we were told is that the film never arrived. They said, what film? We never got it, you know, again, oh. a denial. 
a blatant denial that they had this. Well, I think the time has come because there's too much evidence now that there is too much stuff out there that we cannot ignore this anymore. I think this recent um, example of the USS Nimitz fighters on exercise off the coast of San Diego probably tipped the scales in the in, in the direction of actually making uh, um, um, the revelation f finally that we will be told, you know, it's 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 time to admit that this is these 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 uh, objects have been visiting us for many many years, and they predate Ro Roswell. Roswell, of course, is one of the most famous ones in 1947, the so-called crash that the, the United States Air Force eventually sp spun a lie and said, "Oh, it was only a weather balloon. It wasn't a weather balloon. It was a spacecraft that crashed, and bodies were found, and those body bodies were." Probably they still kept in cryogenics today, either somewhere in Area 51 or I'm I'm now hearing that there's a a, a place an underground facility in Utah where there there are um, where there are bodies being kept of extraterrestrials. Who knows? Um, but it's been going on for a long, long time. I have personally met Jacques Vallée a, a number of occasions. Um, I attend many conferences. I've gone to UFO conferences, and I've we have a thing here called Contact in the Desert once every yeah. year in Palm Springs, and I go to that religiously, where we investigate, you know, rewriting human history, rewriting ancient history, you know, looking at UFOs, looking at ghosts, goblins, and things that go bump in the night. It's a great gathering of people. Ninety percent of them, really, you can dismiss, and ninety percent of the folks who spin these stories is a bunch of hogwash and nonsense. But it's the one percent. Yeah. That's important. And that is what's important. And there's still so much out there that we don't know. So I did a show for the History Channel years ago. This is before Ancient Aliens uh, came out. Ancient Aliens is one of the most popular shows on cable television here in the States. But I did a show for the History Channel that predated that. And I think we called it Ancient Aliens or something to that effect. Um, I do believe it's actually on YouTube. I must check out and see if it's uh, if it's if it's if it is the show that I did. But it 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 took it took the story right back. There there are there are even um, um, illustrations on on walls in Egyptian tombs of circular objects in the sky. Um, and we know that this has been going on for a long, long time because there are, so there's so many records. And Jacques Vallée has amassed an, an incredible collection of paintings and artwork going back to medieval times that depict objects flying in the sky that look like you know flying saucers or whatever they are. But they are, they are unknown aerial objects in the sky. And he's brought out this amazing book, uh, which is now available. It's quite expensive, but it's an incredible book. It's a coffee table book with amazing illustrations uh, showing this phenomenon. He doesn't uh, try to pretend that he knows what they are, and he doesn't try to explain them away. He just offers you the evidence. There it is. People have been seeing this for centuries. And, you know, I have asked people in the tribal areas of South Africa, you know, do you ever see things at night? Do you ever see things in the sky? And a, a friend of mine uh, was uh, once visiting a group of sun bushmen, which are the, the, the last remnants of a Stone Age society. They live in the Kalahari Desert in Botswana and parts of Namibia. They're nomadic people. And he was doing research with them. Uh, they, they move around uh, every day. They, stay, they, they break camp and move somewhere else. They live off the environment. They, they, they hunter-gatherers. 
and uh, he was there with a the translator and uh, he had uh, he wanted to do um, an investigation into the trance dance that they do. These people do an amazing dance where the women drum and the men go around the fire around and around and around and around and around until they go into another state of consciousness and it almost allows them to time travel it always allow, almost allows them to do something allows them to do remote viewing and what they do is they can see where the, the the wildlife will be tomorrow where they can go and have a successful hunt that's one of the purposes of these trance dances where will they find um um, uh, um, um uh, their prey um you know, to, to live off. And uh, these trance dances are pretty profound. And these are the people who do these amazing rock art. Uh, there, there's rock paintings that exist all over the Kalahari Desert that, that depict this. And that some of them even depict strange beings. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are, aren't aliens. They may well be that, that people have seen. And uh, so anyway, my friend was at this uh, camp uh, filming these people going around the fire. It was at night, uh, but it was a video camera, and so it was quite sensitive. And in the middle of in the middle of this trance dance, one of the, uh, the his translators said to him, "Look up, look up, look." And he looked up, and he, he he took this camera and he pointed up, and there's this disc above this camp. Uh, you know, probably a quarter of a mile high is this silvery disc. You could see it as clear as bell, as clear as daylight, uh, hovering. And then, you know, he pans down again to the trance dance going around the fire and he shows me this footage. And I said, so, Dave, you know, what was it? Did you ask? And he said, yeah, I did. I asked. I said to my translator, what is it? And the translator said, oh, don't worry about that. Those are just the people from the other world. They come all the time. Ignore it. You know, it's like, oh, that's oh, that's bus number 14. It comes every day, you know, at 11 o'clock. Just ignore it. <laughs> You are listening to The Paranormal Chronicles Network. Please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Visit theparanormalchronicles.com for paranormal news, reports, pictures, audio, and video content. Find us on Facebook at The Paranormal Chronicles. Together, we explore the unknown. International chart-topping, haunted horror of Haverford West has been described as terrifyingly real, a must-read, shocking and chilling brilliance, genuinely worrying and chilling, utterly frightening, don't read before bed. Described as one of the spookiest writers out there, best-selling author G.L. Davies presents Haunted Horror of Haverford West, the true paranormal account that is shocking the world. Dare you enter? Dare you read? Haunted Horror of Haverford West is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, and wherever books are sold. Pray you never have to live there. Is the poltergeist syndrome the only type of paranormal phenomena that can really be proven? Read Poltergeist. A new investigation into destructive haunting today. Available on e-reader and wherever books are sold. Visit www.sixth-books.com for more information. Become the alchemist of your world. 
In The Secret of the Alchemist, Colm Holland reveals how you can discover the power to miraculously change the world around you beyond all recognition and for the better. Colm will tell you the story of his encounter with Paolo Coelho and his best-selling book, The Alchemist, and how discovering the secret gave him the insights to achieve true empowerment in his life and how you can too. Read The Secret of the Alchemist today, available from wherever books are sold. Visit www.o-books.com to learn how you too can become the alchemist of your life. This is Jason Bland, host of Midwest Paranormal Presents Paranormal Soup, where we stream live as a webcast every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, with guests who will blow your mind. Live ghost box sessions where you can call into the show to see if the spirits will talk to you. And the World Wide Web of Weird, with the latest in paranormal news and evidence. We're bringing the weird every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. Paranormal entities assaulting us. Ghost Sex to Violation is the best-selling true account and study of paranormal sexual abuse. Ghost Sex to Violation by GL Davis is available on Kindle and through Amazon. Pray this never happens to you. What if the after-effects of a near-death experience were undeniable? What if a person could suddenly produce high-quality paintings of the afterlife, or if they acquired the ability to compose classical symphonies? Read Shine On. The remarkable story of how I fell under a speeding train, journeyed to the afterlife, and the astonishing proof I brought back with me. Read Shine On today on e-readers and wherever books are sold. Visit www.o-books.com today. In 2009, one woman believed she was abducted by aliens. What followed was a terrifying ordeal of alien visitation, nightmarish visions, Encounters with terrifying creatures, a connection to the past, and a prophecy of destruction on the scale never seen before. Read Harvest, a true story of alien abduction by G.L. Davies. The true account that is changing the world's view on alien abduction cases. Harvest, a true story of alien abduction, is available from wherever books are sold. Should these events be true, then no one is safe.